This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equity Mates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own now time. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I, mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome to Get Started Investing, a podcast where we attempt to answer the most common money and investing questions that come in from our community to help us all become better investors. If you are joining us for the first time, a massive welcome. We strongly recommend that you scroll up and start at episode one. And a reminder that while we are licensed, we're not aware of your personal circumstances. All information on this show is for education and entertainment purposes only. With that said, though, my name is Bryce. And as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. Excited. We have reached the second half of this 10-part Under the Hood series. Yes. We've uh, answered some of the big questions when it comes to ETFs, but I think this question for me is one that really stands out as an important one. There is so many ETFs now, mm. more than 300 listed in Australia, probably heaps more on the way. It can be hard to know when there's multiple ETFs tracking the same theme or the same index are they actually the same or how are they different? And that's what we're really going to be covering today. Um, how do we know and what are the steps we can take to find out? Yeah, we're, we're going to be unpacking and asking the question, you know, what are the different ways to track an asset class? And we're going to be using the Global X Physical Gold, ticket G-O-L-D, as a case study. But uh, it is our pleasure to welcome to the Equity Mate studio another guest from Global X, David Tuckwell. David, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. So David is an investment specialist at Global X and a massive thanks to Global X ETFs for supporting this series, which such an important series, one we've wanted to get off the ground for a while. Global X are a leading player in the ETF industry and really pride themselves on the industry leading research team that they have and incredible global access, trusted reputation around the world with millions of clients and over 30 targeted products. So make sure you check out globalxetfs.com.au as we progress through this series. But to kick things off, we have a question from our community. Hey, equity mates. Really want to buy a couple of different thematic ETFs, but there's more than a few options for me to choose from. I mean, how do I even start narrowing my choices down? Thanks, guys. So, David, I think the starting point when it comes to this topic is that basically every asset, every market, every theme uh, these days is seems to be able to be tracked through an ETF. Everything is investable now with ETFs, uh, but the challenge is how are we investing in that and what what's the methodology and what's the makeup? And we chose the physical gold ETF to talk about it today because we think it's a really good, gold is a really good case study for this and um, there are a couple of different ways you can track the same metal being gold. And you'll hear the terms physical and synthetic. So can you give us a bit of an overview on what what we're talking about here? No, absolutely. And um, this isn't just a case in Australia. It's a case right around the world. Um, There's two main ways, really, you uh, can access the assets that uh, an ETF tracks, be it gold, be it NASDAQ 100 shares, be it anything else. Um, The first way, called physical, as you rightly characterise it, is to just go out and buy the shares or buy the bars of gold. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. It's what most people expect and they understand from an ETF. So a physical gold ETF such as ours would do the simple and obvious thing and just buy bars of gold, 
stick them in a bank vault, and when you buy the ETF, you buy extension, buy the bars of gold. Simple, easy, straightforward. Which bank is your bar, uh, your bar of gold in? Uh, JP Morgan. Nice. Yeah. Have you ever gone and checked them out? Yeah, no, in- interesting story there, actually. So we don't actually know the location of our uh, bank vault, JP Morgan. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's encouraging. <laughs> that is, well, yeah. yeah, it's not um, It's not that we can't find it on a map. It's just that uh, JP Morgan and most... Um, uh, you know, most uh, big, most of the big, big banks that hold lots of gold just don't tell you where it is. Yeah, like yeah. security reasons. Yeah, that's exactly right. So um, if you do want to go visit it and audit the bars of gold and check that they're real, um, you uh, you get blindfolded, put in the back of a car. And I'm, I'm deadly serious. <laughs> to the extent. Deadly oh, serious. serious. I'm deadly serious. To the extent no that you don't even know if it's in Australia or like... We know that it's in London somewhere. Yeah. Um, we believe it's somewhere in central London, not far from the Bank of England. But um, that's the process. If you do want to actually get blindfolded, you get blindfolded. That's hundred percent. It sounds <laughs> like on the plane over. Not on the plane over. No, 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 no. You go to JP Morgan's offices. You check in. Um, then a certain specialist, uh, you know, arranges for you to be blindfolded and put in the wow. car. And, uh, Epic. Wow. It sounds fake, doesn't I it? I really want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. No, this yeah. is on yeah. my bucket list now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but no, it's real. And um, then then you get there, and it's amazing how quickly you can walk past $10 billion worth of gold because every bar of gold is just so expensive, mm. almost a million dollars each. You take 10 steps and you just walk past uh, wow. billions of dollars. Wow. Yeah, but um, yeah, we don't know the location of the vault. But yeah, somewhere in central London. That's wild. So yeah. that's, that's physical gold, as you that's said. physical that, gold, That's yeah. what people would expect. If I yes. buy a gold yep. ETF, there is gold That's exactly that. right, yeah. And then we go to synthetic. Yeah, so synthetic essentially uses some kind of derivative to... Uh, give you access to gold or the NASDAQ 100 or whatever else it is. And that derivative could be a swap. It could be futures. It could be some kind of call option. But um, at the end of the day, if you own a synthetic ETF, you don't, legally speaking, own the asset as such. You own the credit risk or the liability of some financial institution. So to give you an... Would you like some uh, an example? An example this? Yeah, yeah. Sure. So we provide a, a NASDAQ 100 hedge fund ourselves that is synthetic and it uses NASDAQ 100 futures. So for people that buy that, they wouldn't, in our case, own NASDAQ 100 shares. They would own NASDAQ 100 futures, which is, you know, separate from, say, other parties out there that might provide a physical NASDAQ 100 ETF and they would own the shares in the NASDAQ 100. So that's the difference. So that's the difference and there was Mm. a bit of jargon in there. Um, So perhaps if you can explain why, what are the pros and cons Mm. of each? No, that's a a very good question. Um, The physical ETFs, so physical gold, owning the NASDAQ 100 shares or whatever else, have the obvious advantages of um, safety and comfort and all the rest of it. You know, if you, for most people, the obvious, the obviously safe thing is to own the bars of gold, to own the shares in the NASDAQ 100 or whatever else. And there's a certain peace of mind there. And for that reason, over 95% of ETFs in Australia and around the world are physical. Mm. That being said, uh, synthetic ETFs can have advantages, um, especially around performance and in some cases, especially in Europe, around tax efficiencies. Um, I'm a bit mindful about getting into too far into the jargon, but um, because of the way that um, synthetic ETFs work, you can sort of push taxable events outside of the fund. 
um, and you can sort of avoid transaction costs in some instances if you use derivatives. So to give you an example, of, again, with the NASDAQ 100 futures, you don't pay dividend tax on NASDAQ 100 shares if you invest in the futures. Whereas if you buy the shares, for instance, via beta shares ETF, you have to pay taxes on the dividends. Yeah, so right. the, yeah, so you dodge tax if you go the synthetic route. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, so those are the two sort of broad ways that ETFs are constructed to give you exposure to an asset class. You've got actually buying the physical asset class and getting into an ETF that way. Yep. Or companies go out and create a, a synthetic ETF using derivatives or other financial products to give you exposure really to the price movement. That's exactly right. Not to the actual asset. Yep, that's it. That then leads us to, well, how do I know if the ETF I'm buying is physical or is it a synthetic? What, what, are, what do I need to do to find out about my mm. ETF? That's, a, that's another really good question. The main benefit, I think, of ETFs over other kinds of fund is that they're fully transparent. So you can go onto the website of any ETF in Australia and look at what's inside of it. Um, and so one of the things we learned from the 2008 financial crisis is that transparency is very important for maintaining safe markets. A uh, big cause of the 2008 financial crisis was people didn't know where the risk was. People were trading, or investment bankers were trading these uh, multi-billion dollar debt instruments and no one knew what was inside of them. ETFs don't have that problem. It's just you go onto the website and it'll tell you exactly what's in there. So you, if you are, are looking to find a synthetic ETF, you'll see that it gets most of its exposure and it'll just be there on the website from something like a futures contract, something like a swap, something like a call option, and that'll be public and published. Um, other things you can do is you can just call up the ETF provider and ask. Um, ETF issues. Does anyone are, call these days? Yeah, oh, we get calls all the time. Okay. All the time, all the time. Um, and um, people uh, and staff at, uh, at the ETF providers themselves are under, you know, legal, certain legal requirements to tell the truth about uh, this. Sort of, we, it's not something we can lie about. We can never lie about it. Um, but um, also, if you, if you really wanted to, you could read the PDS and that would probably be the most advisable approach to take. Mm. Just read the PDS. Mm. The, the one thing we quite like about uh, the ETF we're talking about today, the Global X Physical Gold ETF, is that the name does a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah, it's it does. Physical gold. Yeah, yeah, Unfor right. And, you know, if you look at your synth some of your synthetic products, you know, you mentioned the NASDAQ, it, it has covered call in the yeah. title. So yeah, you, you right. know that it's a synthetic product because the the instruments it's investing in are in the title. Unfortunately, not all ETF uh, providers are so descriptive and they don't say physical gold. Um, so what is becoming a recurring theme in these uh, subjects is the most valuable source of information for any mm. ETF mm. Uh, is the ETF provider's website. Yep. For this one in particular, for this physical gold ETF, globalxetfs.com.au. Yep. Um, we also do love that GlobalX put physical gold in the yes. title of yes. the ETF, the yes. name. What's yes. in a name. Descriptive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And as we always like to start, uh, we look at its purpose, what it's trying to do, the index it tracks, how it's trying to do that, uh, and the fees it charges, how much yep. it costs yep. to do that. So let's start with the purpose, uh, physical gold ETF from GlobalX. What's it trying to do? So it just aims to do a very straightforward thing and give investors a way to invest in bars of gold. Historically, before gold ETFs came along, you sort of had two ways of getting access to gold. The first thing you could do is you could go to some kind of bullion bank or bullion dealer and buy a bar of gold yourself. The problem with doing that is you had to arrange for security yourself and 
that could be a very, very, very dangerous game. So Kerry Packer, at the time Australia's richest man, had $5 million of gold bars, I believe, stolen out of his office. No way. I'm dead serious. Yep. <laughs> even, so, e- even the mighty Packer couldn't arrange security for it. Wow. And then once you wanted to sell your bars of gold, you'd have to find someone to sell it to. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to then find a seller. The other approach you could take is to buy shares in gold mining companies. Um, Miners of all kind, whether it's BHP or Fortescue, their share prices tend to correlate to a large extent with the value of the commodities they mine. And gold miners are no exception here. Their share prices correlate with the gold price. But the problem there, of course, is they don't just follow the gold price. You've also got to invest in a management team, and maybe that management team is highly competent, but maybe they're not. Uh, You're also buying a company's balance sheet, and maybe it's a good balance sheet, maybe it's not. So other variables come into play other than just the gold price. What uh, gold ETFs did and do is they sort of put those two things together. They give you a way to buy bars of gold, but on exchange in the same way that you buy shares in a gold mining company. Mm. So you don't have to worry about security, but you also don't have to worry about your investment not correlating with the gold price. Mm. Gives you the liquidity as well. Don't need to find someone to sell it to. Yeah. Absolutely. As, yeah. uh, with five bars of $5 million in physical gold bars. Now, talk about the index here because it's slightly different to a lot of the... Um, That's right. A lot of the... ETFs that we've used as, as examples in previous episodes. Does it track any index? Yes, it does. Uh, so it tracks the spot price of gold and the best index for that would be the LBMA closing price. So the LBMA is essentially the gold exchange. So most gold is traded on an exchange in London called the LBMA. It's really one of those exchanges that's own, only really for investment banks, specialist traders, gold refiners, and people within the gold industry. Okay. But that's where 70% of global gold changes on this highly specialist exchange in London. Yeah, right. And, um, I'm getting the sense that London is the home of gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a legacy of the gold standard uh, in the 19th uh, century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's right. And so the price is obviously set through the exchange. That's right. And yep. it takes the closing price each day. That's exactly right. And tracks yeah. that. Yep. And I assume converts it back to Aussie dollars. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. You guys know more than me. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. We'll, uh, yeah, yeah. we'll finish it there. Yeah. No. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Equity Mates Gold ETF yeah. coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we always look at fees, which you, again, you can see on the ETF provider's website. For this uh, ETF, it's 0.4%. That's right. So e- gold ETFs, I don't think you'll ever see a gold ETF offering the same kind of fee that you see on some of these uh, popular share market ETFs. So for instance, you've got ETFs in Australia that invest in as there's 200 or 300 Australian stocks charging fees as low as four or five basis points. You can't really do that for gold simply because the supply chain costs are higher. So you got to you got to pay JP Morgan to yeah, hold it all. Yeah. 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 Security. Yeah. yeah. Gotta, yeah. Those blindfolds aren't cheap. Yeah. No, no, no. So you've got to sort out sort out custody, you've got to sort out security for it and that immediately uh, raises fees mm. way above anything that we can uh, provide for share market ETFs. But it's a small fraction of the fee you'd be paying if you needed your own security team 24/7 at your house. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, David, do you want to just talk us through the the returns for the ETF? Sure. So, I think that probably the more the the the, the one investors should be most interested in uh, is what the longer term returns look like on gold in Aussie dollars. And so, over the past twenty years since we launched our gold ETF, the price has gone up by about nine percent a year. 
putting that in perspective, the ASX 200 total return, so after including after including for the effects of dividends, has gone up about 9.2%. So gold in Aussie dollars over the past 20 years at least has offered pretty similar returns to the ASX 200. Mm, um, wow. Of course, the past is no guide to the future. Uh, you know, usual insert usual disclaimers here. But um, it, investors haven't been hard done by it all, investing in gold over mm. the longer term. Yeah, yeah, nice. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So where we normally turn here for these under the hood episodes is we look at top holdings, the yeah, geography, yeah, yeah, right. okay, the sectors. Yeah. That's going to be a pretty quick segment here, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be a very quick segment here. So uh, bars of gold, that's it. Yeah, 100% gold? 100% gold, nothing else. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that, I mean, that would be surprising, wouldn't it? Well, sometimes you see like 99% and then 1% cash or like no. 1%. Or maybe a bit of silver, chuck yeah, that in. Yeah, yeah, 100% gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gold yeah. chains. Yep, no, just 100%, 100% gold bars. 100% gold bars. Okay, yeah. gold bars, interesting. yeah. yeah. So the, I guess one question that people have when we talk about um, a gold ETF because, um, you know, an ETF is different to some other funds out there where there's a set number of units and you mm-hmm. buy and sell those yeah. set number of yeah. units. Yeah. With ETFs, you uh, as, as more people put money in, you create more units and then you track the actual price, which then leads to the question, what happens if, pe- if people sell a gold ETF mm. Do you then actually sell the physical gold underneath? Yes. yes okay. Yes. How does that work? Yeah. So I, th- I think you've touched on a crucial point here about how ETFs are different to perhaps other kinds of fund. Um, ETFs are open-ended. So for those who've done microeconomics or just economics 101, if you've got the supply of something fixed as the supply of certain other kinds of fund is fixed, like listed investment trusts or listed investment companies, for instance, and demand goes up or down, the price of that... Um, Stock. Yeah, the price of that listed investment trust or something else, they can't adjust the supply to match the demand. Mm. ETFs, by contrast, are open-ended. So we can always adjust supply to match demand to ensure there's no pricing dislocations. So yes, you're exactly right. When demand goes up and more and more people want to buy gold ETFs, we have to go out and buy more gold to make sure that our ETFs are fully backed. And And it works in reverse. When people don't want the ETF anymore, we go out and sell the gold. And for context, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's about $2.7 billion in assets in yes, this fund right. at the moment. Yes, so right. there's $2.7 billion worth of gold that Global X owns in a JP Morgan vault somewhere. Yes, that's right. Don't try and steal it. Do have, <laughs> don't try and take do it. Have, yeah. Do you have a photo? A photo? I don't, I don't unfortunately. We, no, we did. But um, you'd be surprised how small it is, guys. It's, uh, it, yeah. Yeah. That's disappointing. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining a, like yeah. the vault in Harry Potter with yeah, all the no, gold no, parts. I used to work in a bank during uni and it's the same thing like, yeah. You imagine like hundreds yeah. of thousands, if not millions of dollars to be this overwhelming yeah. amount of cash. Yeah. And it's like a centimetre tall. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that, that's it. You're like, yeah. damn. So, so I guess like, let's say you got $2.7 billion worth of gold mm, in a yeah. vault yeah. and some big fish, Bryce Lesky comes in and yeah, sells yeah, yeah, yeah. $200 million worth yeah, of yeah, yeah. your ETF. Yeah. Like, are you... Are you 
sending that out of the vault somewhere or is it are they moving it from one side of the vault to the other side of the oh, vault? Yeah, like, so, how does yeah, it actually work? Yeah, so yeah. how does the actual movement of gold work? No, that, that's that, <laughs> again a good question. So the way it would work is pretty much exactly like you described it. Um, JP Morgan, we have our own special pile of uh, pile of bars in their uh, in their underground vault and once uh, Bryce or whoever whoever else dumps dumps their holdings um, yeah, it gets either. I don't think they pick it up because bars of gold are very, very heavy. It's okay. a very, very dense metal. I think they use a forklift most of the time and actually pick up the crates and with just gold. move it just to like yeah. so someone else's pile. Yeah. Yeah. The two cell pile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's basically, that's basically what happens. Yeah. Right. Wow. wow. So it's so old school. Yeah, very old school. Yeah. So there's. I guess yeah. there's no alternative. Yeah. No. <laughs> Synthetics. So, but then you've got the, all the problems with synthetics. Yeah. 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 So, that yeah. is fascinating. Yep. So, David, to close close out the episode, we've been discussing how these ETFs kind of fit into a portfolio and gold is slightly different to a lot of the assets that we've been talking about, primarily equities. So, how do you think about gold and its position in a retail investor's portfolio? Yeah, so gold is highly unusual in that you don't want it to perform well. So, the times that gold does best tends to be times like today yeah. where... You've got war ravaging Eastern Europe. You've got inflation out of control. You've got banks collapsing. When all these mean and nasty things happen, the gold price tends to do very well. We saw the same thing during 9-11. We saw the same thing during the dot-com bust. We saw the same thing during 2008. So gold is an unusual addition to portfolios in that you don't want it to do well. You want everything else to do well. You want your shares, you want your bonds, you want your properties to do well because when they do well, chances are the world is going nicely, Australia's economy is growing and your wealth is growing with it. So for that reason, the way we tend to think of gold is quite like an insurance policy. When you buy insurance on your house or insurance on your car or whatever else, you don't want your house to burn down. You don't want your car to get jacked. You want your car, you want your house to carry on going smoothly as they always do. But should something happen, should something happen to your house, your insurance policy will perform, it will pay out. We think of gold in the same way. Um, it's in there as, as, in effect, a kind of portfolio insurance and ultimately as a diversifier. So should those bad times come along, like the times we're in today, gold will do some lifting for you. But yeah, gold is not added to portfolios in the way that shares or bonds are. Um, they obviously give you, they're the engines of growth long-term for your wealth and for your portfolio. Golds doesn't play that same role. No, very much a diversifier, very much mm -hmm. a form of insurance. Despite generating 9% for the last 20 <laughs> yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, obviously we've had a bit of a rough, a bit of a rough 20 years, especially over the past 10. We've had a yeah. financial crisis, we've had COVID, now we've had today. So um, mm -hmm. we've had a bit of a rough spell. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for context, at the time of recording, the gold price is at, if not just below all-time highs. That's, so, that's right, yeah. Uh, it is certainly playing out as yeah. expected. Yeah. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on and uh, really help us, helping us to understand, firstly, the difference between the physical and the synthetic side of things. Yep. Uh, and this doesn't just apply to gold. This it no. applies to multiple different assets and yep. even... You know, equities, as you mentioned, there are yeah. um, there are products that are synthetic when you're getting exposure to to the yeah. equity markets as well. Yeah. So, keep an eye out for them. Make sure you go under the hood and um, understand what you're buying. Yep. Um, but uh, a big thank you to Global X as well for supporting the Under the Hood series. They're a leading player in the ETF industry with over 30 targeted products. If you'd like to find more about uh, their range of products, head to globalxetfs.com. 
www.thrive.com.au. There's plenty of information and also industry leading research. They have an amazing research and, and uh, analyst team uh, from around the globe. So uh, as I said, a huge thank you for the support. And uh, David, it's been an absolute pleasure. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Now stick around. We'll be back with episode seven next week with uh, Blair looking at the topic of ETF overlap, Ren, something that is uh, often a question asked in the Equimates community. Yeah, big question in the Facebook group. So excited to get into that one next week. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.